Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Super Sleuths Book 7 Super Sleuths in the Sugar Islands by E.M. Clark Read by Lexi Chapter 6 Diving Adventures The sleuths soon arrived at the spot where, according to the letter in the maps, they believed the treasure was hidden. They anchored the boat without a sound. I'm happy to be a lookout, but I think Demaria should go on patrol too, said Sophie, glancing around at the dark and silent ocean which surrounded them. And I'll obscure Anna before I go down so she can't be seen, said Zelly. We rely on you both. Yes, mistress, the birds replied, their eyes bright in the darkness. I'll stick with you, Sophie, said Lara. It's safer if we're all in pairs. Plus, we'll have supper with us. The dog was sitting in the prow of the boat, back straight, his bright amber eyes scanning the water. His floppy ears stirred lightly in the breeze, and Lara gave him a loving pat. The children got into their diving equipment quickly. OK, let's do the buddy checks, said Duke. Milo and Nika this end, Zav and Zelly the other, and Sam and I in the middle. Nika, you and Milo are lead divers. Elementary, Milo whispered with a grin. There were six splashes as they entered the water. Sophie and Lara waited aboard, keeping a sharp lookout. It's a bit slow with nothing to do, remarked Lara. But just then, the moon came out and shed its bright silvery light over the water. As it shone down, a shoal of beautiful fish soared through the calm waters, the moonlight glimmering on their shining scales. Behind them, a pod of dolphins swam, occasionally jumping up as if to touch the moonlight. Wow, breathed Sophie. Beautiful, aren't they? agreed Lara. I could never get tired of this. I have an idea, said Sophie. She turned to one of the dolphins. Great good creature, wise and true, tell me what I ask of you. The dolphin's nose moved towards her and it made a little squeaky, chattering sound. We are looking for an old treasure. Sophie said, looking right into the dolphin's eyes. Can you help? The dolphin did a little somersault. Yes, we know where it is. Many people have searched for it, but none have been successful. Lara and Sophie looked at each other, eyes wide. They were definitely on the right track. The next time the divers came up for a rest, Lara and Sophie filled them in. Great idea to ask the locals, declared Zelly. Seems like these dolphins are just like the manatees in the Lagoon of Imora. She held a gentle hand out to the dolphin, who sniffed it and gave it a little nudge with its nose. It's important the dolphins know that we don't want the treasure for ourselves, otherwise they won't help us, Zelly said. They need to read in us that we don't want to find it for selfish reasons. She looked deep into the dolphin's eyes. Will you take us to it? Zelly asked quietly making sure she maintained eye contact. There was a long pause. Take hold of us and we'll tow you to the spot, said the lead dolphin. The sleuths looked at each other in excitement. Brilliant, said Sam. That'll certainly speed things up. This is amazing, exulted Milo as they sped through the sea. The dolphins had a rope from their boat in their mouths and were towing them through the waves. The distance wasn't far. This is the place 
said the lead dolphin. We were close then, remarked Lara, but it would have taken ages to actually pinpoint this spot. You must take care, we're in the sinking sands, the dolphin warned the children. Hmm, we better not hang around here too long then, said Duke with a frown. This area of sinking sands is called the ship swallower, and the sand shifts all the time. Nika nodded her agreement. Let's move fast. They dived below, and almost immediately saw a shipwreck looming up from the depths. Its mast was broken and listed to the side, giving the ship a drunken feel. Tendrils of seaweed floated eerily from their perches on every part of the ageing wood. Fish swam merrily in and out of the portholes, and the once-proud figurehead was covered in algae and weeds. The ship itself had sunk deep into the sandy seabed, and the sleuths had the feeling that it had been reclaimed by nature and almost felt a part of this underwater world. The divers all gave the OK signal to their buddies, and Duke pointed toward the interior of the boat. They swam carefully towards it, taking special notice of any fire coral clinging to what was left of the mast. They found the main cabin, shafts of light striking the darkness from the sunny sky far above. Rusty tankards were strewn on the floor and the map table leant on its side. Debris littered the sandy seabed and the sleuths felt lost in time as they gazed around. Then they saw it. Shunted to the side stood an ancient chest, half covered in sand and seaweed. The sand was still moving gently around them, almost like waves. The sleuths could see why the area was known as the Shifting Sands. Duke signalled to the others to lend a hand moving the chest so that they could take it up to the surface. The moving sand was very creepy and it made it very difficult to move the chest. However, they tied ropes around it and, persevering with a great effort, they managed to hoist it up to the surface with Milo and Nika pushing it up from below. As they reappeared, Lara and Sophie were delighted to see the chest come with them. The sleuths hauled themselves aboard, but before anyone could turn their attention to the chest, Nika stopped them. She looked very worried. Milo hasn't come up yet, she said. I did not like the look of that seabed. It's liquid sand down there now. The children looked alarmed. I'm going back down, Nika said and without further ado, she jumped straight back into the water. It was a good job she did. Poor Milo had become trapped by a wave of shifting sand, and it was pulling him back down to the seabed. He saw Nika and made the something's wrong diving hand signal frantically. Nika dived down and gave him a big push from below. Unfortunately, the force just wasn't enough to dislodge him from the sand. Nika decided on plan B. She tied one of the ropes they had used on the chest around Milo and signalled to him that she was going back up to pull him out. Milo signalled that he had understood and Nika went back up to the surface holding the rope. She passed it to the others with a quick instruction for them to pull. They did so, heaving on the rope with all their might until, pop, Milo was pulled out of the sand like a cork out of a bottle. The rope went slack and Nika dived down again to check on Milo. He was now able to move, free once more. Milo and Nika gave each other the OK hand signal, and once Milo had calmed his breathing down, Nika made the Ascend thumbs up signal. Milo agreed, 
and they slowly made their way up to the surface once more. The children were waiting anxiously, scanning the water for their friends. Duke and Sam had still not taken their diving equipment off, ready to jump back in to help if necessary. Milo! they all cried, relief flooding them as they saw two heads bob above the surface. They pulled him aboard the boat and helped him remove his equipment. Phew! Milo said. I nearly became a prisoner of the sands. Zappa was licking his face furiously, making little whining sounds to show that he had been very worried too. Rafa jumped onto Milo's lap and gave him a big hug. Suddenly, Lara gave a cry from the lookout point. Oh no! she gasped. The children turned to her in alarm. She had Milo's spyglass pressed to her face and was gazing out to sea. I can see pirate ships approaching, she gulped. The children stared at one another in horror. Well, we can't go back the way we came, and we certainly can't go across the ship swallower, said Nika grimly. There's only one thing for it. We must hide. Thanks for listening. Join us next time for Chapter 7, Hiding from Pirates. Help spread the word about the Super Sleuths and their adventures by telling your friends and leaving us a review. See you next time!